We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Wayne, you going to win on this? Oh, there's nothing better than a fart. What's up, kids falling off bikes, maybe? I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give it to magic kids. It's called Pilot Radio. But, Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. This is called Pilot Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> this is called Pilot Radio. We're going to talk about some great media. Let's talk about Netflix. And let's talk about season three of Goddamn Daredevil. Because that was, to in my opinion, it's... I said that watching season one of Jessica Jones was probably the best comic book series that I've seen put together, just story-wise, because I had no investment in Jessica Jones. I didn't know who she was. I didn't really give a shit. And I watched it, and I was like, now I give a shit. Okay, this is goddamn great. Daredevil I've always liked. I've liked since I was a kid. I remember reading the Frank Miller stuff and really, really enjoying the shit out of that. I watched this, and it was like reading those books when I was a kid and it being taken right from the books and thrown up on the big screen. And then there was stuff that was still like, I mean, spoiler alerts. If you're first off, you should have already watched it by the, by this point, if you're listening to this, but when, when they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, the nun's your mom. And I was like, fuck, I forgot about that. Like, (laughs) and that was shocking. And I was like, damn. Okay. And like, it, it just was so well put together. There was, I think of all of the series of all of the seasons, this one from start to finish was the most flawless that they've done. There was, I can't pick any holes in this. And the only holes that we could pick, like my wife and I were watching it and she was picking like just to pieces. She was like, how the fuck did Wilson Fisk get out of prison and has access to all this shit already and like can sneak down his little like weird porn bunker that he's got underneath of his room and like nobody (laughs) says anything. And then all of a sudden we find out that all of the FBI agents are in on it. You're like, oh, well. All right, fair enough. All right, I guess they fucking explain that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we grumbled about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let, let's kind of go around the room here. MC, just thoughts on 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 Daredevil season three, and then we'll we'll talk about the news here after we talk about how much we loved the season. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it 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 hands down is the best season of any of the shows that we've gotten from the the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, I, you know, and, and it seems like each of the shows did a, did a good job of building upon the success of the the previous seasons. And you know, it, we've it's been about two years since we had the last season of Daredevil, and the last time we saw him was in the Defender series that wasn't particularly well received. I enjoyed it, but a lot of people didn't really care for it that much. 
And I mean, just from from one of the biggest criticisms that the the Marvel Netflix shows have had is that they have a lot of filler, and that the the stories aren't always cohesive and they don't flow very well. So sometimes, like it, it takes, it seems like it takes a while for it to actually get into what it's supposed to be about. But with this season of Daredevil, it, it just seemed like right from the jump they jumped right in. And the the building they did with uh, with Poindexter and Agent Nadim and with Fisk and even with uh, other characters like like Karen Page and, and Foggy just just the the arcs that all of these characters have for these seasons and and like n- nothing that took place felt like it was out of place or was like they were wasting screen time by showing you know whomever going through something so I mean. Yeah. Unlike uh, unlike other you know other shows that we've had, like it, everything felt significant, and like you couldn't turn away for a second because you might miss something that might be significant. And I can't say that that that's been the case for any of the other shows that I've seen. So, I mean, season three, as far as I'm concerned, is is the best season of of all of the shows, and and we got some really good seasons of uh, you know Iron Fist and Luke Cage and and everything this year. But I mean. The, this the Daredevil just took the cake. It, it showed why it's the best show of all of them. Yeah, I mean, you were you were dead on. Even in an episode when it started, I groaned and thought it was going to be garbage filler. The Karen Page episode, because like <laughs> as soon as I was like, we're going to get a whole fucking hour of Karen Page flashback. God damn it! And I was so mad. I was like, they're building something right now, and there's a, a bunch of cool shit, and I want to know what's going to happen next. And like. He just wrapped his hands in the Muay Thai ropes. So like, come on, man. I want you to kick some ass. Like, let me watch that. And I ended up watching that Karen Page episode. And I was like, this is this was really goddamn good. And like right. not hating it because I thought I would. And I thought I would be like resentful where I was like, this is an hour of my life that I could have been watching Matt Murdock beat people's ass with the Muay Thai ropes on his fists. But I <laughs> but I didn't. And like it, it just it was so well done. And like everybody was executed perfectly. And like. Maybe maybe it's just me because I, I tend to be kind of empathetic in general, but like I I fucking felt bad for Ben Poindexter. Like Absolutely. I yeah. I legitimately Absolutely. felt bad for him because like most of the time villains are villains and they're bad and they're evil and you want to hate them, but like when he when he reconnects with that girl that he was working at the, the suicide crisis hotline and he basically is like, "Look, I'm not even interested in dating you." He's like, "I just need somebody to help me because I'm fucked up. Please help me." Like that was so sad and like the scene with a psychologist when the psychologist basically is like saving this kid and you can tell that she cares about him and then she ends up getting cancer and she's dying and he's like got his hands wrapped around her throat he's like i'm gonna fucking kill you and she's like ben let's talk through this why do you want to kill me and he's like because you're gonna leave me and you're gonna die and i'm gonna be here alone and no one's gonna be able to help me and she's like it's okay i and she she didn't even like try to fight for her life she understood and like Mm -hmm. fuck you know, like I, I legitimately felt bad for this kid and like it and then everything that could have gone wrong to turn him to being bad fucking happened. And the kingpin took advantage of that. And you were just like, yeah, he's he's a sympathetic villain, too. But fuck, now I understand why he is a villain because he does shit like this. And it's like mm-hmm. just they, yep. they they managed to take such complicated characters and people and make them do amazing things and like realistic things, too, because. Let me tell you how realistic it was. 
you want to know what it felt like reading Daredevil comic books when you were a kid? How depressing those first like six episodes were? Yeah, that's what it was like. Because you're just like, man, everything sucks. Everything's horrible. Matt's always getting his ass kicked. Nobody likes him. Every woman that he falls in love with tries to fucking murder him. Like it, it was, it, it was exactly like that. And then it ended on hope. And I was like, okay, they they managed to get this dead on. Uh, Rambo, your turn, buddy. So yeah, there, fuck. So many of the things that are done in the show are just phenomenally done well. Um, they managed to take so. I really enjoy Daredevil, like the character as a whole. Um, it just has, for whatever reason, is, is always kind of spoken to me. And I read Born Again, which was the it, it's the the Frank Miller story that him and David Master Kelly did uh, years ago. Um, which, if I remember correctly, that led to um, Batman Year One. Um, and not the opposite way around, but they, they did Batman year one and then they, and, and, and they also did Batman born again, which are, are similar in that they're a, a buildup of a, a superhero. Um, and I, I enjoy most of it. I really like, uh, um, a lot of the elements in that story, but for me, it's like two thirds of a good story. As soon as the Avengers show up and as soon as Nuke shows up, I'm like, what? why is this happening? I don't, what? Why? Why are we doing this? The, the whole point of the story was it's the Kingpin and Daredevil. We're focusing on the Kingpin and Daredevil. And so I know for what I'm, for, for a lot of people, what I'm saying is like, you know, comic sacrilege. I don't really give a shit. Um, there's some, some problems with that story and the pacing of it is, is weird. The moments individually are dope. Like Superman, not Superman, Captain America telling Thor to um, like basically giving orders. Like I think the quote is like, or the, the caption reads something like, you know, a voice that can command a God and does like, that's cool as shit. It, do, it doesn't belong in my fucking Daredevil story. Um, and what this season did is they managed to take everything I love about that story and remove all the bits that I don't care about, which to, to go back to Mike's point earlier about Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones made me give a fuck about Nuke. That is amazing. That is some quality storytelling. <laughs> um, because, and, 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 w- and when you get the reveal of, of who that dude is, that w- I was genuinely like, that is awesome. Um, and it made the, the, the many, many memes of uh, look at fucking like, you know, Kmart, Steve Rogers running around <laughs> that much funnier. <laughs> Because you're like, no, no, that's literally what he is. Um, so, so yeah, not only so for anybody who hasn't uh, necessarily read Borgen, but read um, a lot of Miller's run on Daredevil, Miller's not the best advocate for female characters. Nope. Um, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And so, what happens in the comic? is Karen becomes a heroin addict and she sells Matt's origin to, I can't remember if it's Kingpin directly or if it's someone working for Kingpin. Um, uh, uh, in order for, she, yeah, she sells Matt's or uh, Matt's, uh, um, uh, secret identity to Kingpin directly or indirectly, uh, for drugs. Um, and it is not great, uh, that they did that. 
but it is certainly a thing that happened. Um, and what they managed to do in in the episode in the in the, in the, in the, in the season is take a bunch of elements of that. Here's Karen Page. Here is uh, her drug addiction. Here is her selling out Matt and rework them so that it's not really Karen's fault. We still touch on her being an addict. We still touch on how she, you know, confirms for the Kingpin who Matt is. Um, but so slick and deft in, in just in this way that I, like when it happened, I was like, son of a bitch, that is really smooth. And they didn't have to put the degree of work in that they did. Um, it was super impressive, you know, because again, in the comic, it's a direct, like, no, 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 I wrote it on a piece of paper. It's in this envelope. This is who daredevil is. Give me my fucking smack. Um, and in the episode, uh, uh, it's literally the Kingpin's pretty sure he knows, but he's not absolutely positive. And yeah. he just reads her face. And he, he just, he sets it up and he sees what, how her expression changes. He's like, okay, yeah, Bates there we go. Giving him the answer. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, there is a degree of, um, you, you get to see, just how masterful D'Onofrio is in his performance, but the writers are in the way that they craft the Kingpin persona as he's not just a bad guy. He's the worst guy. Like he is an absolute monster. And, you know, Mike, when you touched on, on, uh, uh, Ben Poindexter earlier, yeah, you feel horrible for him. Cause he's, He's not quite a sociopath, but he's pretty much there. But he's one who's trying his best to deal with these violent impulses he has. And so so we so we get to see that. And fucking uh, Kingpin not only uh, lies to this man and, and plays with this man, but destroys the one possibility he had to maybe maintain some kind of control over himself. Um, and he does it under the guise of being his friend. It is yeah. horrible what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, there's there's elements from from Guardian Devil, the, uh, the Kevin Smith and, uh, and Joe Quesada um, Marvel Knights terrible story that's in there. Like, I was sure Karen was going to bite it in that, in that church. Um, yeah, and they, I, I did they, too. Yeah. They do the thing where they set it up and you're like, Oh no, she just died. And you're like, Oh no, it's the, it's the priest. That's so much more fucked up. Yeah. Um, and so there's all these great little homages without being direct references. Um, yeah, it's, it's fucking masterfully done. Um, and, and every time there, it, it was one of those moments where I was like, um, I had the benefit of watching it with my girlfriend and our buddy Josh and neither of them had read um, much of any of the comics. And so it's, it's that sort of moment of like uh, um, when, when the red wedding episode of game of Thrones was coming up and all the people who had read the books started filming their friends before you get the, the, the Reigns of Castamere to play. Um, 
I would be glancing over at Katie and Josh and just to see what, okay, all right. So this is, this is almost certainly going to be the reveal that sister uh, Maggie is mom. And uh, look at Katie, look at Josh. Like, ah, yeah, it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 it's one of those benefits of, of having the experience of reading the comics is you get to see how, one, how they're going to play, play out this certain story and, and the yeah. story beats, but also how, um, um, audiences that aren't familiar with them already are going to react to it. Um, but yeah, man, it was, you know, I'm certainly not happy with what is going on with Disney and Netflix and all that shit. And that's the perfect segue. Cause that was, I wanted to wrap this up uh, here. Yep. It, no, I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody is happy with this. Um, and, and what, what baffles me and, and friend of, of GGR and, and friend of all of ours here, you know, uh, Philip Jean-Pierre, posted on the GGR uh, group chat that we have that he showed the numbers. Like, he showed that Daredevil Season 3 w- was fucking gangbusters for Netflix this year. Yep. Sa- Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which, by the way, I haven't seen yet. It looks awesome. I, I really want to watch it. But like, I just finished it. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to check it out. But, like, it's that was number one. Number two is Daredevil. So... Netflix can't pull this. Well, it wasn't pulling in the ratings like they did with Iron Fist because, I mean, Iron Fist, it got canceled. I get that, okay? Like, it wasn't popular. Fine. Whatever. Okay? But you can't pull that shit with Daredevil because Daredevil nope. was your number two seed. Like, it was it was killing the ratings. There's something fishy yep. going on here. And especially, too, because Disney has said, now I've read in two different places, who knows if these are confirmed or if this is actual shit or if it's all some sort of subterfuge, but Disney has said, we don't want these shows. On Disney Plus, we don't want Luke Cage. We don't want Daredevil. We don't want Iron Fist unless they're going to pull yep. the semantics thing and be like, "Oh, well, we're going to call it, you know, uh, the Daredevil, the Man Without Fear." Ah, oh, see, it's something different, huh? Huh? Like maybe that's what they're going to do, <laughs> or they're going to do the whole Hulu thing that you were talking about, Marcus, where uh, because right. they now own part of Fox, they now have a stake in Hulu, so they might put Daredevil over there. But either way, I keep hearing all these people saying, oh, it would be so expensive because of the contracts. Like, Disney doesn't have the fucking money to do it. You know? Like, somebody is going to give me the answers. I don't know who it is. I'm hoping there's some investigative reporter out there who's going to say, all right, here's why. Because it turns out that the movie guys are the ones that are getting show deals on Disney Plus and the movie guys don't like the TV guys so therefore the TV guys are getting fucked because of that and like maybe that's what's going on I don't know but like this just seems like some really dumb shit to do for shows that people really 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 enjoy pretty much and and the thing too is like I told you the other day even with everything that they've said about not wanting these shows Marvel did release a statement the same day that that news came out saying that there are going to be more adventures with Daredevil at some point without really giving any context or any information as to what that actually means. Because on one hand, they're saying, you know, we're not doing, you know, we're not bringing this to Disney Plus. They've said nothing about bringing it to Hulu or anywhere else. But then also, you know, give out a statement saying that you haven't seen the last of Daredevil. And uh, someone I was speaking to earlier actually made uh, a really good point, which is even if their you know grand plan is say to to move it to Hulu or somewhere else, it's not fair. It's not fair for them to to keep all these actors and these people in these writing rooms and everything, and, and basically make them keep them on uh, you know in in the dark for 
however many months before they decide to announce what what they're actually deciding to do. So for you know, it kind of, that kind of makes it sound like maybe that's not what they're going to do. Um, but but we don't really know. They haven't really divulged any you know any kind of information with what they're with with what they're going to do. What little I've heard, um, actually, Mike, you kind of explained <laughs> part of it. Um, there was a whole th- so like technically, even though like it's a fucking not just a not necessarily a plot point, but it no, it is a plot point in the first season of Daredevil. The reason Hell's Kitchen is now fucked up again because Clinton in New York has been gentrified to shit for years, um, and there's really there would really be nothing for Daredevil to do um, if he really existed. They're like, oh, the incident, the the fucking attack on New York um, mm-hmm. by the goddamn aliens. That's why. That's why everything's all fucked up now. Um, uh, uh, we'll have it be that, that Clinton was one of the one of the places that was hit the hardest. Um, and so, yeah, now it's actually super fucked up. It's literally a plot point. It is what explains why it's okay to have this badass vigilante running around. Um, despite that, as far as Marvel is concerned, the TV and the movies are all separate. Uh, despite the fact that there is a, there are literal multiple characters that bounce between both versions the, of the movies and the TV shows, they are separated. They are not connected. Um, and what it came down to was Kevin Feige, who has been the, pub, uh, the, the producer of all the Marvel films since Iron Man. Um, and, um, oh, what's his, oh, Ike, uh, uh, yeah. Ike, uh, uh, uh Perlmutter. Um, cannot stand each other. Uh, <laughs> and Perlmutter has, is, is an awful, horrible human being, uh, who is an incredible tight ass and who has been fucking with everybody at Marvel for years now. Really? Um, mm. yes. To the point of there was literally a single bathroom in the Marvel offices. People would schedule their, their fucking lunch breaks around when they could go and take a shit. Um, because he was so goddamn cheap that he wouldn't spring for additional facilities. Uh, that is a wow. single example of the kind of awful shit he would do. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's an, he's an, he's a fucking like, like, like a Dickensian villain. Um, so <laughs> he, he has been the guy that's been overseeing the TV side of things. Please, like, Mr. For, like, Perlmutter, can we get some more coal for the fire? Uh, <laughs> it's coming yeah, out exactly. of your pay. Cratch it. Exactly. Draw some more comments. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he look him up. He's he's fucking awful. Um, he has been the one that's been responsible for the TV side of things, not necessarily in the creative day to day, but in excuse me, um, in making like the broader strokes business decisions. Um, supposedly, he is also the reason for why um, a couple of years ago there was a dip in like LGBTQ representation within the comics. Um, because, you know, who would want to see that? Um, but yeah, he's just a shitty human being. Um, and Kevin Feige basically went to uh, Disney and was like, I am making you literal billions of dollars. Keep him the fuck away from me. And so they separated the, the TV and film uh, development uh, um, uh, 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 sides of things uh, so that Feige and, and, and Joe Casada and a bunch of other people 
the sort of brain trust could function on their end and Perlmutter could go off and function on his end. Um, to a certain extent, it's also why the first season, first season or two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not great. Um, it was because you didn't have the same talent working on things. Um, or at the very least, if you did, you didn't, they didn't have the same uh, resources. Uh, they weren't able to do the same sort of things that you were, they were doing in the movies, uh, just from a writing perspective. Um, anyway, so that that's that's a big part of it in terms of, or, or potentially a large part of it in terms of why the TV, like like obviously, we're, well, what they've announced the Loki TV miniseries, they've announced right. the Bucky Falcon miniseries, they've announced uh, just just recently. Witch, uh, yeah. Scarlet Witch and Vision uh, uh, miniseries. So that's three right mm-hmm. there. Um, right. There's the two Star Wars miniseries that we know are in development. Um, uh, one with, with the, the Mandalorian. That, you that, got the uh, Rogue One Diego Luna one, yeah. There's the, 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 the Cassian series. Yeah. Um, so they are definitely interested in taking their film properties and expanding them into um, long-form television. Quick, uh, quick side note. Right. If they could do a Scarlet Witch Vision fish out of water rom com series, like like they're they're living in an apartment together, they fell in love, and like Scarlet Witch is like Vision, I need you to go to the the grocery store and get this thing, and like because he's so analytical and computer, he's like, well, I'm not sure exactly how to pick out the best kind of uh, winter melon at this time <laughs> of season, and it's just like wacky 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 antics ensue because he's a robot. Like it, that, I would love this shit. I know it's not gonna happen, but it's just like me and my fucked up brain. I'm just like, man, that would be funny. Like for you know, it's like perfect strangers. Give me, right. give me a moment. Uh, the, the moment from The Simpsons of Mr. Burns at the grocery store, but yes. it's Vision, ketchup, catsup, catsup, ketchup, catsup, exactly. ketchup, catsup, ketchup, catsup. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I better call Wanda. <laughs> um, the, only, the only thing is, is, is basically Vision is like constantly connected to the internet so he could look it up and figure it out. So it's just like, sure. it's the social norm things that he wouldn't figure out, you know? Oh. I was supposed, yeah, no, I was supposed dude, to tip this I would, gentleman. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it would also speak to an issue that a buddy of mine brought up uh, not too long ago, uh, which was the, it, the, the biggest problem with the Netflix series is the tone is all pretty consistent throughout. They're all like gritty crime dramas. And they should yeah. be different. They, you know, we, we should have variation in tone, variation in, in um, uh, uh, overall concept. And because they are so similar and particularly like Daredevil's tone doesn't necessarily work for Iron Fist um, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, you, the, there's potential there uh, to do something really cool with uh, with that. And I'm hoping that we get some more variation in, in the, the kind of stories they're telling. I got a feeling but, that yeah, what we're going to yeah. end up seeing, though, is um, just real quick, and then I'll let you guys go ahead and continue. Yeah. Um, I just, like, you know how, for the most part, everybody was pretty happy with Thomas Jane as the Punisher? Sure. Like, for the most part, everybody was like, yeah, he was good. I liked him, you know? Um, but we never got to see him in another Punisher movie. I feel like that's what's going to happen with Finn Jones and with Mike Coulter and with uh, Charlie Cox. We all like them as that character, but it's just not in the cards and we're not going to see him again. And that sucks. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the safest bet. Well, um, most likely. Cause with, cause I mean, as I said earlier, I mean, I, I doesn't sound like uh, it'd be fair to any of them to kind of keep them in the dark considering, you know, they haven't said, they haven't said what they, what they're going to do. 
uh, with any of these characters, uh, despite, again, publicly saying, you know, Daredevil's going to have more adventures in the future. And, I mean, there, there's, uh, I, I kind of said this on Friday, too. I mean, there, there's some speculation um, as to what exactly that means. So you guys mentioned all of the shows that they are, they've already said that they're going to do for uh, the Disney Plus service. You know, uh, Marvel famously uh, did not do any type of panel or anything at uh, Comic-Con this year. And so it sounds like next su- next summer is when they're going to do their big reveal uh, for Phase 4 and all the stuff they have planned. And that's largely when we'll find out about the other things that they have planned for, for, Disney's, for Disney Plus as far as the characters are concerned. So that's probably at the earliest w- when we'll find out about what their plans for Daredevil are. Because let's say if they do decide to bring the character to one of the Disney Plus shows, it doesn't fit on anything that we that we know that they're doing right now. Daredevil doesn't fit with uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, does not fit with uh, um, Falcon and Bucky. Uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't fit with any of these guys. So if if you know if they're going to do something going forward with the character unless they were just giving lip service, uh, you know, we're, you know, probably good December now, I guess seven months from finding out anything with, with any of these characters. And that's even with the rumors of kind of the, the, the shows that they're possibly discussing doing for this Disney plus. So, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's a matter of, you know, I mean, also part of it comes back to, Sure, Disney could pay Netflix out and buy, buy out the contract and say, "Yeah, sure, all right." Now we're now we're, we own all of this. We're going to take it over to our new uh, streaming platform. Um, why should they? I mean, honestly, like from a, a yeah, sure, it's it's oh, but they could be making all this money from it. And, uh, yeah, sure, they could. They're still making money. They're yeah. still getting money from it. Um, it's it's similar to whoever finally had the fucking light bulb go over their head at Sony where they were like, wait, so Disney just makes the movies and we get the money for the characters. And yeah, why are we doing this? Why are, why, yeah. We, we own the rights. So sure. Yeah. Yep. Whatever. Handshake negotiations. Um, it, you know, is so like they, they've, I honestly can't, I can't remember if this is speculation or if this is, has been confirmed, but they don't want any R rated content. Oh no, that and, that's confirmed. There's okay. no, yeah, they're, they're not doing uh, – they want Disney Plus to be family-friendly. Any of the content they have that's going to be mature, so like the Deadpool movies once the Foxdale goes through, uh, those are going to go to Hulu since they'll have the stake in Hulu. Oh, so the more mature okay. stuff is going, is, going, is going to go to Hulu, but they haven't given any indication for these shows to, to go there at any point. Yeah, I mean – go ahead. No, I basically, I was just going to say, like, I, I think ultimately like it's – and this has become the – I guess the term is realist um, in a way, like just like the people who clamor for Firefly, you know, like, oh, we want Firefly to come back to TV. It's not coming back. Um, Yeah. Like anybody who clamors for these things, for the most part, it just doesn't happen. Every now and then you get a miracle and and they come back like and it's cool for a little bit. um, But then sometimes you get these things that come back and it's kind of a bastardized version of it. A perfect example is Family Guy. Family Guy came back and Family Guy had its moments where it was funny after it came back. But honestly, it was not nearly as good as it was that first three season run that it had. And 
it's one of those things like kind of the be careful what you wish for sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And if this is all we get from the Defenders and from Jessica Jones, I mean, well, I know we're going to get another season of her and we're going to get another season of The Punisher, but if this is all we get from the Marvel Netflix team-ups that they have, we still had some pretty awesome shit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would it be nice to have more? Yeah, I, it really would be nice to have more. But I, I also feel like here's the other thing about this too, and this is what's one of the awesome things about our um, the society we live in now and the way things have been kind of set up with the 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 um, exponential growth and um, potential of the internet. It's entirely possible that a season four, let's just say for instance, it's not going to happen. Um, it could get crowdsourced. It's possible. Sure. It's, it's possible. I mean, especially because for for Daredevil, at least they already had season four mapped out when the news yeah. when the news broke. Yeah, exactly. Like you you could see that if if one of these places doesn't want to pick it up, but it just seems like so petty for like this all to be about like, well, Netflix doesn't want to give money to Disney, and Disney doesn't want to give money to Netflix, and like it just it it seems so petty for it to come down to that. Yeah. Well, it is interesting because uh, I was reading earlier that f- from a business perspective on both sides, you can kind of you can kind of understand it. So, uh, I mean, and, and the thing is, uh, Netflix canceling these shows that are, you know, that are largely owned by sources outside of them is not anything new because they they in the house of cards. They've also ended Orange is the New Black, which are both also owned by outside entities that they produced. So it's not even like it's specific to them. Netflix is just kind of of the mindset of, well, we've been producing our own stuff now, you know, stuff like Stranger Things, stuff that we we created, you know, are now starting to do numbers. So now we can really keep instead of having to pay people to use their stuff and produce it, producing our own stuff works. So there's there's no point in continuing to do it. And and then from the other side of it too is you know, with Disney launching a streaming service, they're now the competition. So, I mean, even though, you know, Netflix is not going to shy away from mature content and Disney is, I mean, they're ultimately the competition at the end of the day. So, you know, why give money to the the people you're going to be competing with? Um, especially when you've now, you based on shows that you've produced, you know that you you have the ability to not rely on them and produce stuff that's going to do well. Yep. So like, I get it. I get it from from Netflix perspective. Yeah, it's super frustrating. But uh, I mean, if that's the end of the show, that's a hell of a way to wrap up. Yeah. I'm, I'm more frustrated with stuff like you know, Luke Cage and Iron Fist both ended on a major fucking cliffhangers. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And especially and like, too with Iron Fist, where you're just like. That the thing with the guns at the end, you're just like, oh snap, this is gonna be cool, right. yeah. And like in Luke, yeah, like like you were saying, Rambo, like that 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 was a hell of a cliffhanger. Like he mm-hmm. basically became the bad guy, but he was saying, I'm the bad guy, so that I can make sure that the bad guys don't do bad guy things. So I'm gonna yeah. be a good bad guy. Yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. I, I feel like somebody's going to pick this up. I, I don't know though because it, who it's so fucking complicated. If, but like it, it is, and yeah. and if anything, it might these series. If I have to do an analogy here, these series might be the Andrew Garfield Spider Man 
And then whatever mm. Marvel whatever Marvel does next is going to be Tom Holland. Yeah. Especially yeah. because especially now because what they'll probably want to do is have some uniformity. So um I mentioned this on Friday too Rambo and I, um you didn't hear this but uh, Kevin the excuse me the Ru- the Russo brothers did uh, an interview the other day and they admitted that an early version of the script for Avengers 4 actually did involve the the Netflix uh the Netflix Marvel characters being in it or having roles but when they finalized the script for everything they didn't have a role that really made they didn't have roles that made sense for them to just show up for the first time yep i'm so really about that recently yeah so, yeah so they also they ultimately scrapped them so i mean going forward with whatever they decide to do with phase four and now knowing that the shows that they're producing for disney plus are going to be part of the mcu they could they can now have that uniformity that they uh pr- have wanted to do but because of the relationship between ike and and kevin couldn't couldn't happen and they have the know? easiest out ever they literally could just say that they got snapped by thanos sure yeah yeah and then just from that point forward, if you wanted to have new characters, if you wanted to have new actors play the roles, whatever, you, something changed when they were in the Soul Stone, whatever it is. Like, you have yeah. such an easy out with that. It sucks, though, because Charlie Cox is so goddamn good as Daredevil. Yep. He's so you, fucking good. Yeah. You know what's really interesting, too? One of the Easter eggs, too, on the poster for this season of Daredevil. If you look at the poster uh, that actually has Daredevil on it, if you look... Um, I think above his head and is really faded into the background. You can see the Avengers tower. Wow. So, I mean, they've been laying the groundwork for this stuff for a while. Like, yeah, that, that, that I, I watched the video on that, on it earlier. And I, and then that, I went and looked up the image and stared at it and was like, wow, no, you can. And it's, and it's not like it's, you can mistake it for any other building. Like yeah. the Avengers tower has a very specific shape. Very true. Yeah. It couldn't, it couldn't be anything else. Yeah. All right, guys, I think that we've uh, this ended up becoming an awesome conversation that we had about this thing that we've all kind of wanted to know. And maybe hopefully in the in the months to come, we will get more information and we'll figure out exactly what's happening. And hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe we're going to get a season four from Daredevil. But honestly, if that's the way it ended on that happy note where they're all back together, it's not a bad way to go out. Um, Yeah, I wanted to thank Mr. James Rambo for your expertise and knowledge on Arthur Curry himself, uh, Aquaman, um, and that movie's coming out here real, real soon, too. So um, hopefully this uh, little podcast helped you guys figure out whether or not uh, this is a movie you want to go see, which, honestly, you, you should just go check out. It looks fucking dope, so you should definitely yeah. go see it. Um, Mr. Rambo, where can they find your art that you do? Because you are a talented artist, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram and various other places uh, at Rambozus, R-A-M-B-O-Z-U-S. Uh, I'm also on Etsy, at least for the moment. Um, uh, Art of James Rambo is the name of my store. Um, and I have a bunch of prints and some original art pieces up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, good stuff. Actually, um, I'm not going to be selling there, but, uh, Sunday, December 9th from noon to 4 PM at victory comics in falls church, Virginia, we're having a little holiday marketplace. Uh, we're gonna have about five or six different, uh, local artists and, and crafters and such out, uh, hawking their wares. And we have a pretty wide variety of folks. Um, 
we're going to have uh, um, uh, blah, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, impressionistic and, and, and surreal artwork. We're going to have uh, uh, jewelry and, and bracelets and, and crafts. We're going to have comic book art. We're going to have um, uh, pins and buttons and all kinds of crazy things. Uh, so if you get a chance, come on by. Like I said, uh, uh, Victory Comics in Falls Church uh, from noon to four on sun- Sunday, December 9th. Good stuff, man. Um, MC Brooks, not only are you a podcaster, you are also a very talented rapper as well. Um, you have an album that people can pick up. Uh, where, if someone was interested in such things, where they would they find this 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 album that I just spoke of? Uh, they can find it on every streaming platform available: uh, Spotify, uh, Tidal, Apple Music, uh, Google Play. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. But if you would like to purchase a physical copy or just download it to uh, your computer, or if you just want to give me money, you can find it on my Bandcamp site, <laughs> mcbrooks.bandcamp.com. Uh, there you'll find not only my most recent project, Dark Dawn, but you'll find all of my previous work as well. Good stuff, man. Um, the website is greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, we have got podcasts, as I mentioned before. We've got articles. Uh, we just finished up Nostalgia November, um, and I didn't. I, I did it on the other uh, episode, and I want to do it on this one too because it was it was one of my it was a good message that I felt like I really um, conveyed, and I want to make sure I did it for you guys again because uh, I want everybody to be able to hear this. Um, the end of th- of November is always about being thankful. And the reason why we do Nostalgia November is because all of us grew up, for the most part, in, in pretty decent homes. And it, it's something that I was, I, I really started thinking about it because I was like, man, you know, all of these articles are about like, hey, I got to play this video game and I really liked it. Or, oh, I loved this movie that I owned on VHS or on beta or whatever it was. And not saying that that, really implied any privilege that I had but it just really showed me how thankful I should be that I was able to grow up in an area with parents that that provided enough so that we didn't struggle and that I was able to experience these things and share these things because there there are probably people out there when we say oh hey I work for a website that does geeky and nerdy things and we get nostalgic about it and they're just like I got real problems bro like, like, I don't got time for that shit. Like, it just, it, it, it really kind of put things in perspective. And, and that's something that I was very thankful for, is that I, that we can talk about these things, that we all got to experience them. We got to have these shared memories uh, from our childhood, and that we all got to have a relatively decent, you know, uh, upbringing. But also, too, I'm just incredibly thankful that we get to do this on a regular basis, that I get to have cool people that I've met um some of them in person some of them i met over the internet but i've seen all of you guys at one point face to face so that it just it makes me very happy <laughs> that we have all become friends and that this is something that we share with each other this is i don't know about you guys but i know steve talked about it last time this ends up being like the highlight this becomes the thing that i look forward to is getting to sit around and talk with my friends about nerdy and geeky shit and just it it being the refuge it being the place that's the you know not the escape from real world cuz there's you know we have to live in it but just a a chance to let's talk about all these things that we love and these things that we adore and and talk to people that are just as passionate about as 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 we are so that's what i'm thankful i'm thankful for you you guys so um i appreciate all that you do and all that you bring to uh this lovely little experiment that we call ggr 
Tunnel. Thanks, buddy. Oh, thank you. Of course, man. Of course. Um, but going forward here, the month of December is all about the holidays. It's a project I'm going to be working on. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a mic on the mic thing. I don't know if it's going to be a GGR thing. But I'm going to be talking to people who celebrate other stuff. Because what are the big two? Christmas and Hanukkah. Everybody pretty much knows that Christmas is the one with the trees and the lights and the presents and all the stuff. And everybody knows that Hanukkah has something to do with lighting candles. And there's some presents there too, they think. But they're not really sure what. We're going to go over all of that. We're going to talk about all those things so that everybody kind of knows a little bit about this. Um, this holiday season. Because it's not just about Christmas. Christmas is cool, but like, there's so much more. And that's why they say happy holidays. Because there's like 9,000 holidays uh, in, the, right. in like this month and uh january so just it's it's gonna be really cool i'm gonna talk to a bunch of people um i have somebody who celebrates yule we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about hanukkah we're gonna talk about christmas we're gonna i'm gonna try to find somebody that knows something about kwanzaa because i don't know shit about kwanzaa um i'm sure somebody out there knows somebody who knows something about kwanzaa who can help me with this um we're gonna talk about um we're gonna talk about three kings day we're gonna talk about the feast of seven fishes if you're italian you know what i'm talking about but we're going to talk about all of that stuff because I think that that's something people get nostalgic about too. Is the holidays and come up and you're like, hey man, this is something that I celebrated and this is something that I love. And we all get kind of geeky. I know so many people who are geeky about Christmas. Like they start watching Elf as soon as like the weather starts getting cold. So um, that's what you can anticipate coming going forward here with GGR in the next uh, month or so. Um, plus I'm going to Disney World next week. So there's that too. <laughs> um but guys, thanks again for tuning in. Um, thank you for being part of our geeky, nerdy uh, refuge that we have here. Uh, for MC, for Steve, uh, for James Rambo, uh, for Yuli, who was on uh, the earlier episodes this week, um, for Andy Barsh, for Ben Shaw, for Ben Bedgood, uh, for all of us here at GGR, thank you so much for listening to GGR Pirate Radio, and you guys have a wonderful holiday. Take care, folks. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. (laughs) Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more of our podcasts and all of our great articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) Yeah, boy.